Amen. Amen. So many good things tonight to talk about. We're going to take communion at the end of the service, so we want you to take it with us. If you're at home, uh, get some elements ready for you. You know, if you don't have grape juice and wafers, you can get some bread or just drink water, whatever. But get ready with that because we'll have that at the end of the service. And we're going to talk a little bit more in depth about uh, communion tonight. And I just want to start with just uh, a, a definition to commune means intimate conversation. You know, it's an intimacy with God. And, uh, you know, you you can just become uh, a little more, uh, you know, the Bible says draw nigh to me and I'll draw nigh to you. Just drawing nigh to God is is such a relief from the world, isn't it? We just cast off the burdens of the world and all the voices in the world and all the things going on and just draw nigh to God in intimacy with Him and in uh, uh, such uh, wonderful communion. And so tonight, as we do that, I think that, you know, I had a word from the Lord from somebody this week that said, God's calling you into more intimacy with him. And I thought, I thought we have, I was pretty intimate, but, but you know, this reminded me of this, uh, because I think it's even, uh, good to take communion at home. And it, I was reminded of that in my life because many times, uh, throughout my life, I've taken communion by myself and at, you know, at my house. And, and so, um, it just draws you to him. And the Bible says, put me in remembrance, you know, and remember me. And do this in remembrance of me. So let's remember the Lord tonight as we just go over a few scriptures. Uh, let's start with John chapter 1, verse 29. Are you excited to be here? Well, you know, communion can be exciting, can it? When you think about the Lord and what he's done for us. I'm telling you, it makes you want to shout, that song says, right? <laughs> John 1, look at verse 29. Uh, it says that here, the next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. What a statement. Behold the Lamb of God, which takes away the sin of the world. And so this Lamb, the spotless Lamb without blemish, and we know... Uh, Really, the Old Testament and the New Testament, all of it points to Jesus. It's just the bottom line of the whole Bible. It just all points to him. And he is the Lord of glory. He is our salvation. And so here we see that uh, he takes away the sin of the world. And then also in the scriptures, we see even in that redemptive work of of salvation for us and purchasing our salvation with his blood, we see that he also purchased um, our healing. And uh, let's look at, can we take a minute and look at a familiar verse? <laughs> First Peter 2, 24. I, I, I think that we probably all memorized this, but I don't, I don't know about you. I just like to see in my Bible these things, Right. And uh, like a friend of ours, Cindy Black, said the other day, she woke up and she said, I have a covenant with God. <laughs> you know, sometimes you have to remind yourself and you have to remind the devil uh, and sometimes other people, too, that you have a covenant with God. Amen. So this says in First Peter 2 and verse 24, who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree. 
that we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness by whose stripes ye were healed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So you see, uh, remember Pastor Dollar, uh, Friends, friends of ours, he would say, uh, now think about the tense there, the verb tense, right? It's not I'm going to be healed. It's not even I was healed. It's I were healed. <laughs> it's already done, amen? Past tense. So if it's done, then we have uh, an automatic right to that. It's a benefit of what Jesus did on the cross. Praise God. So it's past tense. Yeah. In fact, we always need to watch our tenses when we're thinking about the Lord and his work because it is finished. Amen. The Bible says that. Our pastor preaches that so beautifully. I love when he preaches it because it's so true. It is the truth of God's word. And then look at 2 Corinthians chapter 8, and we'll see not only has he redeemed our life from sin, he's redeemed our life from sickness and disease, you can receive your healing right now. Amen? You don't even have to come to church and have us lay hands on you. You can receive it right now where you are in your house. Praise God. In fact, just go ahead and do that. Just lift up your hands right now and say, By His stripe I was healed. I am healed because I already was healed. Amen? And it's running all through my body. Resurrection life. Praise God. It's, it's affecting every cell, every tissue, my bones, my blood, my skin, my organs, my tissues in my body. Every part of me is being touched by the power of God right now in Jesus' name. Affecting a healing and a cure. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. It's good to be healed. Amen. And so let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 8. And we see here in verse 9. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might be rich. So again, what Jesus did, now when did he do this? Well, he became sin on Calvary. The Bible says he never sinned as a person walking on the earth, but on Calvary's cross he became sin. Well, at that same time he became sickness. And at that same time he became poverty. Hallelujah. So that you don't have to be poor. Amen? And that's what we get to preach, the good news to the poor. Amen? That you don't have to be poor anymore. Lack cannot be a part of your life when you're walking in the redemptive power of the Holy Ghost. Amen? It's just money just comes to you. Favor just is there, praise God. And everything you need is supplied when you just let the Lord do His work in your life. So here that grace causes it to happen. Grace to prosper is really what this is. This, You know, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that grace that was on him, uh, made this happen for you. And the Bible says abound in that same grace. Let's abound in that grace. Amen? Hallelujah. Are you a prosperity preacher? Absolutely, I am. Yes, guilty as charged. Amen? Because God's not a poor God. And if, and, you know, if, if he's rich and he's withholding from his children, he's not a very good father, is he? But he is a rich God. Amen? 
And uh, thank God we know we know him and you know it's all in who you know. Amen? It's all in who you know. Praise the Lord. Um, now Psalm 107. Let's look there. Uh, this was uh, brought to me in, in a book I was reading this afternoon. And um, it's interesting I think when you think about Passover meal and how it correlates with uh, the death and burial and resurrection of our Lord and just signifying that uh, we're free from death, hallelujah, spiritual death. We don't have to taste of that anymore because Jesus tasted that for us. And so the the angel, of course, you know, as Passover, passed over the ones who had the blood on their doorpost. And uh, Jesus shed his blood for us so that we uh, don't have to experience spiritual death. Hallelujah. This just makes me happy. Amen. The Bible says when we step over into glory, hallelujah, to die is gain. Uh, the Bible says it's far better. Hallelujah. And heaven is a wonderful place. So we can look forward to that. Not that we want to go tonight. We've got work to do. But if we did, it'd be glorious. Amen. So the, the fear of death, the sting of death has been taken out. Praise God. And so, uh, we see in the Passover that, um, that, uh, and I'd never thought about this before, but when, when, um, when God brought the Israelites out of Egypt, uh, the Bible says there was not one feeble among them and, um, that they came out with silver and gold. Now let's read it. Psalm 105 verse 37. You know, healing and prosperity just run this thread all the way through the word, don't they? Psalm 105, and look at verse 37. He brought them forth also with silver and gold. Well, God doesn't care about silver and gold. Why would he care about? Well, evidently he does. Amen? Because he sure blessed them with it, didn't he? Silver and gold. Now, I don't know how much more materialistic you can get than that. And I've heard God's just not materialistic. Well, he is materialistic because he made every material. Amen? He's the one that's all about that. He made it all, and really, he made it for you. His body. Amen? And so, uh, you know, I think about uh, this this verse of silver and gold, and then here comes healing. There was not one feeble person among their tribes. Now, so that means no sick, no blind, no uh, lame, no, uh, uh, you know, stretchers. And, you know, in, in the movie, if you saw the Ten Commandments a hundred years ago, like I did, not quite a hundred, but almost, um, then, you know, that it looks like there were some sick people they were dragging around out there. But that's not the Bible. That's not scriptural. I think it would be a lot more fascinating if the movie theaters would just produce it like the Word says. Because on Passover night, when they were receiving this uh, and, and, and observing this happening of what God was going to do on the earth and what he was even doing right then, there was a massive healing that came forth. There were miracles worked that night. Amen? There were people who were blind that were healed and saw. There were people who were weak and sickly. And they became strong and mighty because they marched out the next morning totally well. Amen? So if they can do that at Passover with not half the covenant that we have, the Bible says we have a better covenant based on 
better promises, amen, then how much more can we receive tonight his prospering power, his healing power, his saving power, right when we take communion, amen? We could have a mass healing all throughout whoever's watching on on live stream or whoever watches it later on live stream, amen? Uh, And so uh, know that that's available because uh, Jesus took all of this on his body. He he paid the price for our redemption. Hallelujah. Now look at Matthew chapter 26. Are you still with me? (laughs) Matthew chapter 26. Just a couple of more and we're going to take communion together. Matthew 26 and verse 20. Now when the evening was come, he sat down with the twelve. And as they did eat, he said, Verily, this is Matthew 26 and I'm on verse 21 verily I say unto you that one of you shall betray me and they were exceedingly sorrowful and began every one of them to say unto him Lord is it I and he answered and said he that dippeth his hand with me in the dish the same shall betray me and the son of man goeth as it is written of him but woe unto that man by whom the son of man is betrayed it had been good for him that that uh, that man, if he had not been born. Then Judas, which betrayed him, answered and said, Master, is it I? And he said unto them, Thou hast said. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it and brake it and, and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink ye all of it, for this is my blood, uh, of the New Testament, which is shed for m- many for the remission of sins. But I say unto you, I will not drink henceforth of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. Hallelujah. And so we see here that these symbols of the blood and body of Jesus, it wasn't his body and blood. I mean, it wasn't blood that he was taking out of IV, passing around. It wasn't in their, his body they were chomping on, Right. Um, so, you know, these are things, the symbols of what was going on and what he was, was conveying to them that there's just going to be such a joining that we would be in his body. Isn't that something that we would be the body of Christ as we're born again, we are translated out of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son and we become bone of his bone flesh of his flesh amen and spiritually we are his body he's the head of the church and uh, so we operate joined with him and the bible has so many scriptures that talk about in him in whom Uh, and 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 when you read that you need to read that as joined with him in whom we are joined with we are one with and this uh communion helps remind us uh, that we are one in Christ. We are one as a body and we are one with him. Hallelujah. And and let me just say this as we turn to our um, uh, scripture in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 11 to take communion tonight, um, is that... You know, I, I grew up in a denomination where, you know, they were very careful with this, that if, you know, if you 
had anything in your life, you know, you better examine yourself and get it right or you might, I, I got the idea that you might fall dead, you know, if you took this, you could die. And uh, so it was, you know, scary, especially as a child, you know, you think, gosh, I'm just a child, I don't want to die. And if there's any thoughts or anything that I've ever done, you know, I start searching everything and, and trying to work it out somehow. Um, but I believe that, uh, that, you know, it's a little different <laughs> than that, of course. And then also, uh, when people, you know, we, we here at Grace Harvest, we, uh, ask if anyone wants to take communion, you're welcome to. And you would say, well, even an unsaved person? Well, you know, I think communion is probably the best time to get saved. Amen. When you're taking that bread and when you're taking and, and partaking of the blood of Jesus, you're receiving him in your life. I mean, that's, I, I, you know, again, I was reading a book this afternoon and it said how many salvations this minister had had because he allowed whoever, whoever wants to come and commune with him and take him in. What a beautiful way to get saved. Amen. I think sometimes we just limit our mind to how you can, how you get saved. What's the right way to get saved? Well, bless God, get saved taking communion tonight. Amen. Um, I, we had many times when we would baptize people in water and, you know, they hadn't been filled with the Holy Ghost, they would come up speaking in tongues, filled with the Holy Ghost the minute we talked, we talked about being raised with Christ. Amen. Just praying in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Uh, children, too. We had children baptized in water come up praying in the Holy Ghost. So, you know, God can do what he wants to do. He can get it across to people. And I don't think it's right to, to try to refuse people from communion with him. Amen. So even if you're not saved tonight, get saved tonight while we do communion. Amen. Accept Jesus as your Lord as you take his body and you take his blood. So we're going to read this, 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 23. And as we prepare here in the church for communion, you, you get prepared there on live stream. For I have received of the Lord that which I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he brake it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you, this do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also he took the cup, and when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do you as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And you can go ahead and pass it out. Thank you. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily. Now notice it doesn't say unworthy. It says unworthily. That's with, a, I believe, with an attitude of not really remembering what he's done for you, not really respecting and honoring the death that he gave up his life for us so that we might be saved. And so let's remember that tonight as we're partaking. Um, Amen. It says, you shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body, not understanding the redemption that we have in Christ. For this cause many are weak and sickly. In other words, if you don't understand that Jesus paid the price for your strength, 
that he is your strength and that he is your healing, then many people are weak and sick, sick among us and many even die prematurely not understanding that what he did and what we can receive because of his death, his burial, and his resurrection. So we're going to remember that tonight. Yes. Amen. So let's take uh, this bread and uh, we're going to break it now. And the Bible says, Jesus said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do you in remembrance of me. Father, we thank you for the body that you uh, that was broken for us. We thank you, Lord, that those stripes on Jesus' back provided healing for us. We thank you, Lord, that healing and help and well-being is your will for your children. So we receive it uh, right now as we take this bread in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. After the same manner also, he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is a new testament. Hallelujah. New covenant. Thank you, Lord. In my blood, this do you as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Thank you, Lord. We have a blood covenant. We have a covenant with Almighty God. And it's only because of the blood of Jesus that we've been made righteous not because of our good deeds or because we've been so wonderful. No, we don't deserve it at all. But through your mercy and your grace and your love and your kindness, hallelujah, we have become righteous and we've received what Jesus did on Calvary for us. We remember his death in Jesus' name. Amen. His body, the bread. His blood, the wine, broken and poured out, all for love. The whole earth trembled, and the veil was torn. Love so amazing, love so Above all names. 
Lord. 